right, everybody, welcome to today's episode of the Jerry's World Podcast. This episode is going to be all about Valentine's Day, Mardi Gras, and Ash Wednesday. I hope you enjoy the episode. All right, so with Valentine's Day approaching, we know that Valentine's Day is a great day for people in relationships to show support, gratitude, and appreciation for one another. And even though Valentine's Day is a great day for that to happen, we must not forget that people in relationships need to show support, gratitude, and appreciation for one another every other day of the year as well. With that being said, Obviously, relationships have bumpy roads in them, no matter what stage in the relationship it is. And with that being said, there are some listeners of the Jerry's World podcast that reached out to me seeking relationship advice because of some small ongoing issues in their current relationships. So they reached out to me, they explained the issue at hand. At hand, they are allowing me to play their messages that they sent to me. So I'm gonna li- we're gonna listen to the calls, and then I'm going to explain what I think they should do to resolve the issue at hand. With that being said, let's listen to the first call, see what the issue at hand is, and then I'm going to give my thoughts on how they should resolve this issue. Hey, Jerry, just wanted to ask you for some advice. My girlfriend and I are really having trouble spending time together. Our schedules don't really work out too well since we're both working a lot. And we're just I was just wondering if you had any advice for us to try to spend some time together. Thanks. So it seems with our first caller... Him and his significant other are just having trouble spending time with one another due to various scheduling conflicts that are going on in their personal lives. So this happens to a lot of couples, in my opinion, as they get older, because as we get older, time really becomes sort of an essence in our lives. And we really don't have a lot of free time in our hands like we used to when we were in high school and even college. So my advice to this caller and and his significant other is that they should really sit down, take a look at each other's schedules, see like when both of them are free, and maybe, you know, see... If they can work something out, you know, rearrange the schedule, scheduling. Obviously, like you can't reschedule work. So if there's something that isn't work-related on the calendar, maybe it can get rescheduled to a different day, you know, to have more time for this couple to spend with one another, obviously in terms of whether or not they want to go on a date or if they just want to relax and watch a movie. Because obviously, like, it seems like this caller wants to be able to spend as much time with his significant other as he can. So like I said, sit down, take a look at your schedules, see if there is a common time throughout the week for you two to hang out and potentially do something, like I said, watch a movie, go on a date somewhere, obviously, that is permitting regulations where you guys live due to COVID, but also see if things could be rearranged, rescheduled, that obviously isn't work-related within your schedule as well, and I think you guys will be fine. Now let's listen to our next call, see what the issues at hand are, and see how these issues can be resolved. Hey Jerry, happy Valentine's Day to you and yours. I hope you uh, are having a wonderful day. Calling it was about an issue I'm having with my girlfriend. Um, I like to fart a lot at night, you know, when I get in bed, and and it's just, it's causing a lot of problems in our relationship. She says it smells bad, she doesn't want to sleep with me. Like, obviously I hold it in if we're going to, like, do it, you know, but like, 
if we're not going to do it, I'm just like, all right, I'm letting him rip. And then, and then she's all like, well, I'm going to get out of the bed. And it's just like, well, what the heck, man? And then she's sleeping on the couch or she's making it worse. And she, you know, she's making me sleep on the couch. And, you know, I don't like that because I want to, like, you know, wake up, wake up with her. So uh, what, do you, what do you think we can do to salvage this relationship? All right. So it seems like our caller here has a bit of a farting issue. And this farting issue leads to an intimacy issue between him and his significant other. And I'm going to take the side of the girl here. I feel bad for her because she isn't able to have an intimate relationship with her boyfriend because he likes to get into the bed and just let it rip and make the whole bed stink. So you can't be doing that, honestly. That just kills the mood no matter what. And not only does it kill the mood in terms of whatever intimate relationship you're trying to have, that just makes one of you end up sleeping on the couch for the night. And let's be honest, couches really aren't comfortable. And it, it's just a mood killer, honestly. So in terms of this, just find a different place to choose to fart at. Like if you want to fart like in a chair, on the couch, away from your girlfriend, do that. Don't fart in the bed when your girlfriend's there because that just kills the mood. That's just going to kill the relationship. She's going to end up leaving you for somebody else, honestly. So stop with the farting, at least in the bed. Because, like I said, it's a mood killer. Fart, like I said, fart somewhere away from your girlfriend, like on the couch, in the chair. And, the, and don't make it smell bad, you know. Spruce it up after you fart in your designated area, you know, freshen it up a little bit. Not only will that solve all of your problems, but it will make your relationship much more intimate. Your relationship will get back on track. The mood won't be killed. You guys should be fine. But if you fail to do that, like I said, she's going to leave you. She'll find somebody else and then you'll just feel sorry for yourself. All right, so let's listen to our final call, see what the issue at hand is, and see if I can resolve this issue. Hey, Jerry, thanks for taking my call. Quick question, I recently started talking to this new girl who likes when guys wear gray sweatpants. Now, as a big sweatpants wearer yourself, uh, I was just wondering if you knew why this was. And is it a major red flag that I should be concerned about? Thanks, keep up the great work, Jerry. All right, so with that last call there, it seems like our caller is a little bit concerned with the issue of gray sweatpants. And I also want to express some concern as well, mainly because this caller knows that I myself wear sweatpants all the time. I mean, I will admit that I do wear sweatpants for the most part because... I work from home and I really don't have many places to go given that it's winter, but I have never met or seen this caller ever in my life. So I'm a little bit concerned that I could potentially have a stalker and for the foreseeable future, wherever I go, I'm going to be on my tippy toes and looking over my shoulder now because that's a little scary right there. I'm not going to lie, but Moving back to the issue at hand with this caller and this girl he's talking to. She seems to be attracted to guys that wear gray sweatpants. My advice would be ask this girl why she is attracted to guys that wear gray sweatpants and see what her answers are. And in terms of that... If the answers that she gives you are answers that you don't like, then that is where the red flags come in. I'm not going to say that it's a red flag right now. I feel like since you're only talking to this girl, I feel like you know you should get to know more of her reasoning as to why she's attracted to guys that wear gray sweatpants and then move on from there. And like I said, if you don't like the answers that she's giving you, then that's where the red flags come in. And then, you you know, just move on from her and find somebody that isn't attracted to guys that wear gray sweatpants or only partially attracted to guys that wear gray sweatpants. So that's my advice to you there. 
So I want to thank each of the callers for reaching out to me, explaining and expressing to me the issues at hand with their relationships right now, and also trusting me to give them advice in terms of being able to resolve the issues at hand. Although personally, I would probably be one of the last people that you should seek for relationship advice being that I am a guy in my 20s who is currently single right now. I have been out here in Rochester for almost a year now, and I've only associated with three girls. One of them I stopped talking to because I just never felt a connection with. Another one I stopped associating with because I just thought that they sucked as a human being. Also with this person, I just really stopped enjoying their company as much as I used to in the past because I they would always be on their phone, they would repeat the same conversations, and I felt that this person just never really had an interest in anything I was saying as well. Now, the other girl that I associate with since I've been here in Rochester is pretty cool, but aside from all that, like I said, I want to thank the callers for reaching out to me. I hope my advice helps them. And I hope that they are able to resolve the issues at hand. But moving on from that, we are going to go into our next topic, which is a little talk on Mardi Gras. Now going into Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday, it refers to the events of the carnival celebration that begins on or after the Christian feasts of the Epiphany and cultivates on the day before Ash Wednesday, which is known as Shrove Tuesday or Fat Tuesday. Mardi Gras is French literally for Fat Tuesday, Mardi meaning Tuesday and Gras meaning fat, and it reflects the practice of the last night of eating rich and fatty foods before the ritual Lenten sacrifices and fasting that occurs during the Lenten season. And going into... The festival season, it varies from city to city. As some traditions, such as the one in New Orleans, they consider Mardi Gras to stretch the entire period from the last night of Christmas, which is Twelfth Night, which is also the Epiphany, to Ash Wednesday. Other places treat the final three-day period before Ash Wednesday as Mardi Gras. Sometimes... In places like Mobile, Alabama, they will associate Mardi Gras with beginning in November before Thanksgiving, then having events on Thanksgiving, then having an event on New Year's Eve, and then they'll have parades and balls in January and February celebrating up to midnight before Ash Wednesday. And Carnival... Overall, it's just an important celebration in both the Anglican and Catholic European nations. And it's a festive season that occurs before the liturgical season of Lent. And the main events outside Mobile, Alabama, typically occur during February or early March, depending on when Lent falls on the calendar. This year, Mardi Gras and Ash Wednesday just happened to fall on February Other years, they'll fall on March. Carnival typically involves public celebrations, including events such as parades, public street parties, and other entertainments that combine elements of a circus. And that's what we pretty much associate with what goes down in New Orleans for the most part. They have their Mardi Gras parades where they they pretty much just decorate the entire French Quarter. They have floats, they have marches, they have celebrations. The beads are thrown all over, and it's just a grand old time down there, honestly. That is one thing I would love to go do, and I have that on my bucket list. I would love to go celebrate Mardi Gras down in New Orleans because it's just a great it's just a great time. I've seen pictures and videos of it. It it seems like a blast. Now, obviously, this year, because of the ongoing COVID situation, the Mardi Gras celebrations will be on hold, but Overall, Mardi Gras is a good time. It's a time for celebration before the Lent season occurs, before the typical 
giving something up for Lent happens before the typical fasting on Ash Wednesday occurs as well. And with that, I'm now going to go into Ash Wednesday and to join in on a discussion about Ash Wednesday is my good friend CJ Wild. So welcome, my friend. Welcome to the Jerry's World podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. Jerry, let me tell you, it is an honor to be on this. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're on, CJ. I have missed you so much. I hope you're enjoying Baltimore. Baltimore is wonderful, but I will say I miss Buffalo. I miss good chicken wings. They have wings down here. They have what they call chicken wings down here. They're not really chicken wings. So I I miss good wings. I miss good pizza. I miss good football, but... I'll be back to Buffalo in a few months, so it, uh, it's not too bad. But uh, the people down here are very nice, I must say. So that uh, that makes things a little easier. That, that's good. That's good that it makes things a little bit easier. I'm sorry that the sports teams down in Baltimore kind of suck. And I'm sorry that chicken wings aren't up to the potential of us Buffalonians. But it is what it is. We have to, you have to live and adapt to it. Hey, we overcome challenges. Exactly, exactly. So I just got done talking about Mardi Gras, and with Mardi Gras leading up to Ash Wednesday, I figured I'd have you come on and you know just discuss discuss Ash Wednesday and what it means not only to you yourself but also for the importance of the Catholic Church as well. So I'm going to start off by asking you, like, where the term Ash Wednesday came and how Ash Wednesday became known as Ash Wednesday. Right, so Ash Wednesday is uh, is really the beginning of the 46-day period, really 40-day period of what we call in the Catholic Church and also in a lot of other Christian denominations as well, what we call Lent. So Ash Wednesday, which is going to be this year on Wednesday the 17th, I had to do the math in my head, <laughs> uh, which will be on Wednesday the 17th, and that really marks a period of what we call in the church uh, purification, uh, and uh, penance. Uh, so the theme of Ash Wednesday is really marking a solemn 40-day journey of purification and penance, right? So Lent is a really great opportunity for all of us who maybe we were raised with uh, with uh, a great Catholic upbringing or a great Christian upbringing, because Lent is also something that's celebrated throughout many of the denominations. But when we celebrate Ash Wednesday, we are marking the beginning of but sometimes is referred to as going into the wilderness like Christ did after his baptism, right? So that's where we get that 40-day period from. So if we go back to the Bible, the Bible gives us a ton of opportunities to look at people who have become uh, penitent, uh, who, who have asked for forgiveness of their sins, who have made uh, made an attempt to ask for God's forgiveness and have tried to uh, change their lives. And so uh, by, by opening their hearts to God's will and to God's saving power. And so... We, um, we see 40 as sort of a symbolic number, a great number for, for purification and, um, and for penance. So we think about uh, Noah and the ark, right, 40 days and 40 nights. Yep. We think about uh, Moses and the Israelites who wandered through the desert for 40 years. We think about uh, Jesus Christ, who after his baptism spent 40 days in the desert praying. And so that period of Lent, uh, which leads up to Ash, excuse me, from Ash Wednesday, which leads up to uh, the most sacred time of the Christian year, which is the uh, the Triduum, which commemorates Jesus's Last Supper, his crucifixion, his death, and then his resurrection on Easter Sunday. Lent is that great opportunity for us to, again, call to mind those sins that that we may have committed throughout the past year, those those vices, those things that have been stumbling blocks to our relationship with God and to other people, and to try to put them behind us, to invite God to work in our lives that we might overcome those sins, we might overcome those obstacles, those vices, so that we can become the saints that he's created each and every one of us to be. Yeah, and that you bring up a good point about everything that you just said is a great, is all wonderful there, and it makes, and I wholeheartedly understand where you're coming from, and I agree on that too, because the thing is, though, is like I said, I was talking about Mardi Gras, and Mardi Gras is this time of celebration where we kind of, that leads up to Ash Wednesday and the Lenten season where, you know, we party, we feed our faces for the most part, and then once Lent appears, you know, we end up, we end up, you know, fasting, we end up giving up something, so to say, to 
rekindle and and reuni reunite a relationship with God because of the trials and tribulations that Jesus had when he was in the desert for 40 days and where he was tempted by the devil, obviously, and he fought off the tempts of the, of the devil that the devil had given on Jesus. So with Ash Wednesday, I mean, what... What the what does it mean to you, and what does the Lenten season overall mean to you as well? You had given me like you know the definition and what it means for not just the Catholic Church but also other Christian denominations as well. But what your personal take on on Ash Wednesday? Yeah, great question. So for me, uh, and for a lot of people, I think Ash Wednesday can be a very humbling sort of day, right? So. Anytime that we go forward, whether it's in a Catholic context at Mass, uh, other denominations might have other liturgies or, or prayer services. But when I go forward uh, at Mass to receive the ashes, um, the priest will often say one of two things. He'll either say, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Or the priest might say, repent and be faithful to the gospel. And for me, both of those, I think even more so the first one, to, uh, to remember my own mortality is a very humbling sort of thing um, to not only acknowledge my sin, to acknowledge that I am flawed, um, that I've made mistakes, and that I really am in need of God's forgiveness and healing can be a very humbling sort of, um, sort of practice, uh, discipline, which I think can help to put me back on the straight and narrow uh, by God's grace, of course. Yes. And, um, and for, for me, Ash Wednesday is, is really a, a, a beautiful day in the Christian year, in the Catholic tradition. Um, and it's really, it's one of the most popular days of the year, just if we're talking just uh, sheer numbers, sheer, sheer number of people in the pews. Um, maybe it's because they, they want to get their ashes because they, you know, it's funny, every time I go to uh, to get ash west, ashes on Ash Wednesday, you know, I'll, I'll be out and about later in the day and somebody will say, hey, you got something on your face? And I'll say, what, where, you know? <laughs> But it's a, it's like the one day uh, one day a year where it's blatantly obvious um, that that we are uh, that we are human that we are humans in God's great plan uh, for salvation and that uh, God has a great plan for each and every one of us. Yeah, no, and I agree with you on that too because, you, like you said, you know, Ash Wednesday reminds us that you know we are not only God's children but also a servant of God as well, and it reminds us of our own mortality and our own humility as well, and talking about getting the ashes like well both of us went to fisher we both got our ashes from somebody within the campus ministry department at fisher it was it would always be amazing for myself to see all these people that would get their ashes whether it was you know from going by just going to mass or just going into the campus ministry center to get their ashes and i thought to myself like i never really thought of themselves as like you know as a as a person that practices their faith their religion because like and i'm not trying to judge anybody here it's just like like you said it, it's the one day where we all remind ourselves that like we are we do serve god in a way any way shape or form and we are his children so that's what it made me think of there because a, a lot of people like you know as much as much as i when i would go to mass i rarely saw any of those people ever go to mass like they never really, like, you know, expressed, like, their faith or what they believed in. But the thing is, though, is, like, stuff like that, you know, a lot of people do tend to keep private. So that's understandable as well. Now, with Ash Wednesday and, and the Lenten season, obviously, like, there, it's the tradition for people of the Catholic faith and other Christian denominations as well to give up something, for Lent. Now, do you have anything in mind that you would plan on giving up? Yeah, so great question. And if I could, if I could just um, hop in on one thing you mentioned before, you know, sometimes we, uh, we can see people who might have ashes on who, who might not necessarily be at church all the time or, or might live a life that's uh, maybe what we deem to be a little bit more sinful than another person. And, um, and that can be that can be a real sort of, I think, human response. But I think in those moments, it's really important to remember that each and every one of us is as just in need of great need of God's mercy as another person. So that may have sound jumbled when I said it, but each and every single one of us needs God's grace and his mercy. 
Yes. Not one of us is above God's grace and of mercy. And so, so it's important to remember that, I think, just because, you know, the Holy Spirit works in, in really beautiful ways. And um, and so if someone, when I see someone who I know maybe has been away from church for a little bit, when I see them have ashes on their forehead, that's, I think, a great reminder that the Holy Spirit is active in their life, you know, um, as, as it is in all of our lives. Of course, of course. And yeah, there's no problem with you jumping in on that. I just noticed that from my own personal, you know, my perception and I mean like there's nothing wrong with that obviously like you know it's you know we walk away from the church we get away from the church but the thing is though is Ash Wednesday is one of the days of the liturgical year that you know it shows that we as people you know are reminded of like I said like both of us said that like we are God's children and it just goes to show that even though you can be away from the church itself, the church the church just isn't a building. The church is a community. So it goes to show that they are still practicing members of the community as well. But let's go back into uh, potentially giving up something for Lent once Ash Wednesday occurs. Yeah, so so it's a great tradition in Lent to, to do uh, really three things, actually. The church teaches us three things that we can do, and those three are often referred to as prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, right? So we usually focus on that middle one, that fasting, yes. uh, giving something up. Maybe maybe it's uh, giving up um, swearing or alcohol or one of my go-to ones when I was a kid was giving up chocolate or, or cake or cookies or something I, I, i've always had a sweet tooth so that was usually <laughs> that my was go-to when i was younger <laughs> you got that right um <laughs> you know maybe it's giving up sporting events or something like that um you know televised sports so um so fasting is just one of those dimensions but then there's another two that i think are really great because fasting giving something up is is a great discipline to to help us uh remember that there are other hungers in our lives that are maybe more important or deeper than just sports or sweets or alcohol um, but we have a deeper longing, and that deeper longing is for holiness. Yes. And so when we when we um, remember that prayer and almsgiving are also a part of Lent, uh, those can help us grow in that Christian charity and that holiness. Uh, those can help us to grow to be saints that God has created each and every one of us to be. So I, th- I would challenge everyone uh, who's listening to the podcast to not only think about giving something up for Lent, um, whatever it might be. Um, maybe it's gossip. That's another great one uh, for people to give up, uh, to try to give up. Um, but to also remember to to pray, uh, to pray more. So maybe it's praying with the scripture. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's saying in our Father every day. Um, maybe maybe it's you know researching different ways to pray online. Um, we have the Rosary in the Catholic tradition, which is a beautiful prayer for so many people. We have uh, perhaps the two most important prayers in the church. We have the Mass, uh, which is celebrated every day throughout the world, not just on Sundays. And we also have the Liturgy of the Hours, which is a, a series of prayers throughout the day um, that the pray, that the church prays continuously, um, that priests, bishop, nuns, deacons, uh, and lay people throughout the world pray. So prayer is huge. And then almsgiving, right? Almsgiving is basically, and I don't mean to, to simplify this too much, but it's basically um, giving of ourselves in some way, some sort of sacrificial way. So um, sometimes this is, this is thought of as giving money, which can be a great way. Um, but it can also be, uh, since you know, money might be tight for some people, it could also be giving of time, um, giving of talent. So maybe it's going to a shelter or a soup kitchen um, to give of my time to, to serve others, to serve God's people. Maybe it's um, spending some time calling a family member I haven't talked to in a while, or maybe someone like an like an old person I know who's who's sort of lonely because of COVID right now. Um, and, and it could also be uh, being generous to to many organizations who do such great work. Um, so, so donating money is always, uh, is important. It's always, remember, it's always important to keep that, that generous heart in mind, that of generosity of heart. Of course. Yeah, no. And that's good right there because the thing is those, like a lot of people that listen to the podcast probably don't know what almsgiving is. So there are men. And so almsgiving is a nice, is a, one of the things that could have, could potentially be a way to just, you know, go back and, you know, show and show of of what you can do during the Lenten season. And like you said, it just doesn't have to be donating money or anything. You could volunteer your time if you have it to a shelter, to a COVID testing center, vaccination research, because because obviously COVID is so big in our lives right now. But there are other ways as well. And the thing is too, is like prayer is another 
way I like how you mentioned prayer because it's another way that like we can just like reconnect with God during the season and and also reconnect with Jesus as well and not just like you know normal prayer like also taking a look at the gospels or just reading a, a scripture or two in the Bible whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament and going back in terms of you know just giving up something like you know gossip is one of the biggest things that in my opinion, is hurtful to society, especially as of late. Like the past past year, gossip has just traveled, not just throughout like the media, but also social media as well. And giving up social media could also be a good thing as well. Not just like for 40 days, like you really don't need to go on Twitter every day or Facebook or Instagram or, or whatever social channels you have, honestly. So those three things right there, you know, I like how you explained that and mentioned that Lent isn't just about, you know, giving up, like you said, the go-to sweets, fast food, alcohol. It's also other things as well, such as reconnecting with God and and prayer, going to Mass. Uh, if you can go to Mass, obviously, obviously some people won't want to go to Mass because of covid Obviously, some can't because of COVID restrictions, but also, like you said, donating money or time to an organization or just reaching out to people that would be in need of being reached out to. Like you said, a grandparent that you haven't seen in God knows how long, and God knows how long, or a or a friend that you haven't been able to talk to as well. Now, in terms of that, how would you say you practice like? Alms giving. How would you practice alms giving yourself? And then, like, do you have other than your go-to of sweets? Like, would you have anything else that you would plan on giving up for the forty days of Lent? Sure. So it certainly, um, I think it certainly might prove to be a little bit more challenging this year to uh, to give of our service or to give of ourselves in some sort of um, practical way. Uh, to a to a kitchen or a shelter of some sort, just with COVID restrictions. Um, so I might challenge people to uh, to maybe write some letters, um, maybe there to uh, to people who might be in nursing homes, or um, or another great uh, what's called in the church a corporal work of mercy is to visit the imprisoned. Um, I think this is a population that gets forgotten about a lot, um, but maybe to write a letter to to someone who might be in prison um, because God loves that person in that prison cell just as much as he loves Pope Francis. And so it's, um, it's really important to remember uh, that we can give of ourselves in, in lots of ways, um, even though it's probably challenging during this time of COVID. Uh, for me, I know I do, uh, I do try to, uh, to donate money to a, to a few different organizations who I think really do some, some wonderful work um, and have really been close to me in my heart. Um, and, and I also try to, uh, also try to remember that Lent is a great opportunity, uh, which, is begin on Ash Wednesday, but it's really a great opportunity to really to, to change the trajectory of our lives. You know, maybe maybe we've been away from church for a long time. Maybe we've been away from God for a long time. Um, the purpose of Lent is not necessarily just to give something up for 40 days and then go back to our old habits. Of course. It's really to, to break those habits or to break those mindsets that we might have, um, to form new new habits, to form good habits, uh, so that we, we begin living more virtuous lives after after Lent's over. So um, I, I, I try to, um, you know, being here at the seminary now, we, we go to Mass every day, and I've tried to work an hour of prayer into my uh, my routine each morning. So I'll spend an hour before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And um, and I know that just sets me on, on, for, sets me on track for a great day. Um, I, I know that I, uh, I, know that I uh, certainly would, uh, would be not... Um, I, w- I wouldn't be where I am today without without putting my faith in the Lord, um, and and being thankful for all that He's done for me. So, yeah, no, that's wonderful. I mean, the thing is, like you said, you know, and I and I, well, and I'm like this myself. Like you know, I try to give something up for forty days, and I'll go back to it. I I will admit that. Like you know, I'll get. I gave up French fries <laughs> one time, and then I just went the first day of. Lent over when Easter came and as soon actually as soon as Easter was done actually because we were on break we were on Easter break as soon as I came back you know had french fries you know first lunch uh, back at Fisher (laughs) and you know that's obviously something that you don't want to do like you know 
in terms of like going back to the old habits, like you said, now it can breaking old habits could be as something as small as like not choosing not to eat French fries and pursuing more healthier options. Or it could be, you know, more along the lines of, you know, men, your mental health, honestly, like removing, going back to removing the gossip, removing any unnecessary social 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 media addiction that you may or may not have it could also be you know giving up it could also be giving up you know spending four hours uh uh playing a video game or a video game or whatever you do in your free time i mean i'm not saying that i do that but i know people that probably do do that uh, but uh you know that's one thing that i try that's one thing that i want to try this year is like you know when I break an old ha- an old habit, I want to keep that old habit in the past and not go back to the old habit that I had. And in terms of being able to go to mass or whatnot, I'm try- I'm actually trying to be trying to find a church actually, like to go to. I mean, like I know the Fisher Chapel is like five minutes away from me, but given given how they're back on campus and you know COVID and COVID restrictions and everything like I don't want to have to go just go there for mass like I don't even know if I'm allowed to because I'm not a student so it's hard for me to try and find it like try and find a like a church you know that's right for me because you know it's something that like I don't want to go into a mass and walk out of there not knowing what the message was for that for that day's mass like i want to go in there reflect with god listen to what the message of the readings and or and the gospels were and be able to walk out and have something to reflect on and remember for the next time that i go to mass and then i'm able to reflect as well not on my own personal time so that's something i want to try and i'm trying to work on as well but in terms of it like it's just fascinating that like these four that this day ash wednesday and these 40 days like we kind of like you know go like we kind of just like you know change ourselves for a period of time and it's it's like a new year's resolution in a way like you know you set something that you want to give up or like you want to give up and then eventually and then new most people's new year's resolutions don't last as we know that so like with what we give up and what we do for lent like we'll go back to it just like we'll end up going back to what we stop what we tried to give up for a new year's resolution and that's something that i real that's something i don't want to end up doing but from going off of that what would you say if you know going back to fasting and everything you know eating not eating meat is a tradition is something that you do normally like people like you you and me males over the age of 18 do not eat meat now what if you went out to dinner and somebody decided to cook a steak dinner and you had steak for dinner on ash wednesday how would you react to that <laughs> i i feel like you're talking about freshman year of college when they had uh, steaks in the dining hall on ash wednesday <laughs> and you <laughs> good times good times we walked into the dining hall and you, you remember i remember that day i really i still remember that day i remember asking wade for steaks and wade said that he would have steaks one day during the week and all like you had like it was it was all of us like you would you had met us later i remember you came in and you're like no you didn't have dinner wait did you you came in late yeah you came in late because you're like why are we having steaks on ash wednesday this is wrong (laughs) and i'm like i'm just sitting here i'm like i'm enjoying my steak don't you stare at me don't don't give me don't cast judgment on me let me enjoy the steak i have utterly requested here but yeah no <laughs> i just thought i'd bring that up you know that was uh that was a that was an interesting time i remember you being you were mad at wade i, I was a little bit i was a little bit uh bitter yeah maybe not bitter i was just I was a little bit uh yeah you could say i was a little bit um frustrated maybe i uh i let me don't, don't get me wrong i love my steak 
358 days a year, but there's a couple days a year where the church, Mother Church asks us to, uh, to sacrifice. Uh, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and then the other Fridays of Lent, and um, and that's really not too bad. Actually, going back to our grandparents' generation, um, before Pope Pius and the uh, I want to say in the late 60s or early 70s, um, I think early 70s, um, for then, uh, meat was was abstained from every Friday, every Friday of the year. So so that was a it was a, you know a big sacrifice. So anyways, yes. um, I, uh, I I do remember. I, I think I had a, I think I might have had toast that night, toast and a banana. Yeah, well, toast and a banana. Yeah, I it was, I do remember you bringing a banana to the table. You just like sat it down and you just had this look of like, now what am I supposed to eat? <laughs> because you didn't know what to eat because Murphy Dining Hall options were so like so small compared to like what people tell me now they have their own substation there no kidding they've got their own substation yeah murphy dining hall is not like a sub is not like a sub shop from what i was told it's crazy so you know so if we ever so you know if we were freshmen now and we decided to eat dinner in the murphy dining hall and we we could have subs we wouldn't have to worry about having steak on ash wednesday And, and you know what jeremy you bring up a great point too um the, uh, the the tradition in Lent, um, as we currently practice it, is for for people who are between the ages of 14 and 59 to not only abstain from meat on Fridays during Lent, but also to, uh, excuse me, to, to fast on, um, excuse me, to abstain from meat on Fridays in Lent, got that confused for a sec, and to fast only two days a year, only two days a year, and that's on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And by fast, we don't just mean not eat anything at all. We don't just mean only water, and that's it. But uh, the fast is defined in the church as basically three simple meals, uh, one primary meal, and then two smaller meals that, when combined, would not equal or be greater than that other meal. So basically, you know, for example, maybe it's having a piece of fruit in the morning. Maybe it's uh, having um, maybe a little salad for lunch, and then maybe having uh, a sandwich for dinner or something, you know, like yeah. a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know? um, but again, that point of fasting and abstinence from meat or from, from food on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday is to remind us that there are deeper spiritual hungers. And, and so I would challenge everybody to, uh, to, to what we say in the church, offer that up. Offer that up for someone who might be suffering, who might not be able to eat because they, uh, they don't have money to eat. Uh, maybe, maybe offer it up for someone who's suffering from COVID and um, and use that that hunger pain um let that become a, a solidarity with someone who else is suffering okay yeah no you bring you bring up a very good point and right there i mean you know personally like you know now like i never really really try i've never really been able to have those primary have that primary meal and those two simple meals cuz i'm hungry all the time but the thing is though is like you said our, back in our grandparents generation like my grandparents were pre- very high practicing Catholics for the most part. They went to church. They prayed a lot. You know, they taught me all. They they taught me all everything that they knew about the Catholic Church at that time. Like from what they knew, they pre- they got me into religious ed and everything. So like they would always come over during the Lent season. Like, and they would get mad at me because like good they'd come over for like Ash Wednesday and they'd come over for Friday dinner and they would get mad at me because like. I wasn't like, and I'm, and I'm only a young kid. Like I'm not 14 or anything yet. They would get mad at me because like I'm having a big meal because I'm hungry. But then like when good Friday would come around, cause I wasn't huge on fish. Like I am now, I wouldn't, I would never have fish. Cause like that's become a substitute for the meat, obviously. So they would get mad at me. Then they get mad at my parents. Like, and, and, and I think it was more along the lines of like, you know, they, it was because, like, I would always go to church with them, and, like, they taught me, like, what they knew. So, to see that, I think it wasn't anger. I think it was just more along the lines of disappointment. But the thing is, though, is, like, you know, change and adaptation over time. Like, you know, eating meat on Fridays, I don't do any, I don't do anymore in terms of Lent. In terms of Lent. I, you know, I, the simple meals on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday is something that I will definitely try this year. And, you know... I will admit, like, you know, being as hungry as I always am sometimes, it w- it is a little bit frustrating, but giving up that hunger, you, like you said, you know, give it up, throw it up, you know, something that I should look uh, look upon for myself as well. 
But with that being said, do you have any final thoughts uh, uh, pertaining to Ash Wednesday, Lent, anything? Yeah, a couple little things. Uh, so one, the spirit certainly of not only Ash Wednesday, but Lent is sacrifice. So the whole point of it is not to necessarily uh, give up sweets because we want to lose weight or to stop drinking because we want to lose weight. <laughs> uh, the, the spirit of Lent really is sacrifice. Um, it's, it's not only sacrificing for our own sins, right? We talk about that penitential nature, yep. that, uh, that spirit of forgiveness. But um, we also talk about trying to, again, set our lives back on track to, to break those vices that might be holding us back, um, to really leave those behind, and to strive for that life of virtue. Um, always keeping in mind that we don't necessarily uh, do it on our own. Uh, we don't need to do it on our own. We can't do it on our own um, because we have God. And, and he loves us so much and he is so much stronger and more intelligent than I could ever be or just about anybody could ever be. And so we, uh, we remember that his sacrifice, uh, the sacrifice of, of Jesus Christ uh, once and for all on that cross on Good Friday is that sacrifice which we are called to emulate not only on Ash Wednesday, not only during Lent, but really each and every day of the year. We're, we're called to sacrifice just as Jesus laid down his life in the perfect sacrifice. And so uh, let this Ash Wednesday be a great opportunity for, for anyone who, who might be um, wanting to grow a little bit more in their faith, uh, maybe who's been away from the church or from God for a while uh, and who wants to, to come back. Um, just remember, there's this, there's this great scene in the uh, Gospel of Luke where, where Jesus is describing a, uh, a generous father, a loving father, who, who, runs out, who runs out and meets the prodigal son, the son who's been away for a long time, and he meets him. Not with anger, not with a not with a wagging finger, but he meets him with open arms, and that's the way that I picture God comes out to each and every one of us, no matter how we've been along, uh, no matter how far we've been gone, no matter how we uh, may have lived our lives in the past. Um, God wants to forgive us, and He He offers that forgiveness to us uh, if we seek it, and uh, and to just remember that God is so loving, uh, God is so loving, and He's and He's bigger than any fault that we ever could have committed. So. The, uh, the important thing to do is to, uh, to ask for God's forgiveness. Get to confession. Confession is a great, a great sacrament of healing and uh, a great way to restore our relationship with God, with the church, and with his people. And to, uh, to always remember that uh, that Lent is just a great opportunity to, to grow in our faith. I couldn't agree more with what you said there. Honestly, you know, everything you said there was perfect. Makes perfect. It makes sense given the nature of everything. You know, Lent... Is, it's a good time for us to reflect, to sacrifice, especially with how tough that the past year has been. And this Lent season is going to be one where we remind ourselves that like how, you know, kind of, kind of how lucky we've had it, you know, in a way, given everything, even though things could be much better, it still reminds us that we need to be humble, be be, show humility, show our sacrifice, show our sacrifice as well. And like you said, I could, like you said, I, I just couldn't agree more with anything there. It's perfect. And that's a good way to close, close this out. And I thank you for that. So I'm going to go into some final thoughts before I conclude today's episode. And my final thoughts are going to pertain to the Super Bowl. I just want to put it out there that I thought that the game sucked. And this has nothing to do with Tom Brady winning his seventh Super Bowl title and his fifth Super Bowl MVP. Tom Brady is a known winner, a perennial winner, and one of the greatest winners we have ever seen in team sports. I'm going to put that out there right now. I thought that the game sucked because it just didn't live up to the hype that we all expected it to be. We all expected a shootout. We expected... Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady in a shootout, and we expected a high offensive game between the high-powered offense of the Kansas City Chiefs and the high-powered offense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But one team came to play, and another team just flat-out forgot to show up. They must have thought that it was Saturday and they were going through a walkthrough. Tampa Bay just outplayed Kansas City on both ends of the ball. Kudos to Coach Arians, Byron Leftwich, and Todd Bowles for putting together a perfect game plan that was executed to perfection with how 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense was able to score as many points as they did. And with how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was able to just overpower the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. But like I said, I thought the game sucked. I lost interest in the second quarter. I really didn't care about the game after the halftime show, honestly. I mean, the game was over at halftime, in my opinion. Also with the game, the refs made a few questionable penalty calls as well. But honestly, the refs really didn't change the game with those penalty calls because Kansas City, like I said, they just didn't show up. So now going into the halftime show, I thought it was a very good halftime show. I, I like The weekend. I enjoy his music overall. I thought that his setup for his performance was a very good setup. And I thought that the medley of songs that he performed, given the amount of allotted time that he was given to perform, it was a good choice of song medley for the most part. I mean, I called on my last episode that he would sing Starboy as the first song for his halftime show performance, and I was right there. I also said that a medley of songs could potentially happen. I didn't think that a medley of songs would happen, though. I was expecting only like three or four full songs, but with the amount of time that you are given to perform at the Super Bowl, a medley of songs made sense, so I'm going to claim partial rightness on that one. But overall, I thought the game sucked. Probably one of the worst Super Bowls I've ever seen in recent memory. I would say probably the worst one since Super Bowl 48 between the Broncos and the Seahawks in terms of how both of those games were just blowouts. In terms of the halftime show, it was a good halftime show, not a great halftime show. I enjoyed it which is in contrast to many people, but overall it is what it is. And with that, that concludes my final thoughts, and I'm con- that also concludes this episode of the Jerry's World Podcast. You can follow the Jerry's World Podcast on Instagram at Jerry's World Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram as well at J underscore Michelson 97. I'll try to be better next time, and until the next episode, stay safe, everyone.